Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. And you're listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory. This is Gary Vasey speaking. Just recently, we issued a white paper called Three Trends to Look Out For in CTRM CM for 2021. You can download the white paper for free from ctrmcenter.com or comtechadvisory.com, your choice. And we thought what we'd do is we'd use this podcast edition to talk about the white paper and the trends that we and others are seeing in CTRM and CM software for 2021. we we'll start out by talking with Andre Jaeger of Ion Commodities and getting his opinion on what is going on within and around CTRM and CM software today and into 2021. I think on the commodities side, I would highlight the focus around power, the focus around uh, renewable energy. So we have a lot of the existing clients that increase their footprint in the usage of the system in this context. It's usually modeling of contracts, it's the additional volume, it's the ability to manage the uh, volume interaction with their clients. The other big focus areas on the commodity expansion is LNG. So we have a lot of the existing natural gas clients that look into expanding into LNG markets. There's mainly that cargo trading, but we have also the initial set of clients that kind of looking into how to model some of the small scale LNG activity that is happening. So I would say from where the market is shifting, I would highlight those two, power and LNG. The other thing that we see a lot of interest or continuing interest from the uh, client base is cloud and related services. So we have multiple additional existing clients that kind of move on our cloud offering. And we're continuously expanding coverage from a capability perspective to add more and more business services around that cloud offering itself. Um, This is what's happening on the existing client side. I think on the new client side, we're probably already at 80% plus. New clients usually tend to go directly in our cloud offering. They don't go that route uh, to consider an on-premise solution in this context. The other highlight I would want to make in the context of what we have seen in our clients is Additional interest around utilizing the other non-CTRM offerings that we have in that space. So mainly what we would call commodity management. So additional capability around shipping, around supply chain optimization, around market data, and how to leverage that wider capability from an iron perspective to bring additional value. So we have seen WEM is an interesting product that we offer in that context that we now started to combine with our right angle offering to really provide that supply chain optimization. First do the demand forecasting and then determine based on optimization capability, how to kind of fulfill that, fulfill that demand across these various transport optionalities, constraints, that I have um, in my portfolio. Or the last thing I would want to highlight is the interest and demand around getting better access to the data. So um, we actually worked with our larger European client in 2020 to kind of enable that. So what we're focusing on is to kind of provide more streaming capability. We're actually leveraging Kafka in this context. And it's all about to enable our clients to stream that data in real time out of the ETM or CTRM to uh, combine it with other data sets 
and utilize that data for improved decision-making. And the direction that we're going is all about getting away from these batch-driven activity and calculations and consistently, as I said, stream out the results to have it available when you need it to kind of make a decision. And I think those are the key items I would want to highlight in the context of what we have seen from a um, client interest perspective. And based on that interest, we have seen as a clear focus area for us to improve our capabilities and advance our capability for that. Gary, I think one of the, one of the other key value proposition that we're thinking about is how to leverage the community that set of legacy applications that are now under the iron umbrella and how can we kind of create value for that set of users that we have and i think for us it's all about looking into how can we achieve further standardization how can we achieve more collaboration how do we work with some of those providers? Electronic settlement matching is an interesting example for me, where we look into managing a shared data set, uh, remove some of these reconciliation efforts, these areas, that data quality issues by managing that uh, together with a standard. So key for us will be to work with those providers or provide additional services in that area to bring value in that direction and leverage the community that we kind of assembled on the IAM side. Also spoke with Doug Giani of Principia Consulting in Singapore, and here's what Doug had to tell us. Goldman Sachs, amongst others, have recently yeah. commented on a V-shaped return in demand and commodity prices, and that's not a short-term yeah. vision for them. They say that there's kind of they're predicting more of a commodity price boom, which looks more like a 10-year picture than a two-year picture, which, of course, is fantastic. But the question is, does that actually translate then? into investment, into some of these things that we're talking about. If there is a commodity boom, then the blur between commodity management, ERP, and ETRM, I think that trend continues. And I do agree that that is a trend. From my point of view, I see it more coming from CTRM extending into the supply chain management side of software rather than the other way around. And I guess the caveat okay. to that, of course, is SAP. In my days at OpenLink, we had an accounting system that gave you full GL entry and GL management capability. That's been coupled even tighter. Some of the newer systems have a lot of GL capability built into them. But you're right. The extension is on the supply chain management, notifications and alerts. It's valuing and managing the entire supply chain. And if we're talking soft commodities, then we would look at that as kind of from farm gate to market functionality, yeah. right? So that means I need to be able to understand the harvest. I need to be able to understand the quality. I need to be able to predict some of that crop yield prediction type stuff. I also need yeah. to be able to not just model metric tons. I need to do bushels and bags, and I need to be able to do pallets and containers and I need to track where these things are by the time they get packaged to the time they make it to market. And beyond that, if you look at CPG, I think there's a bit of a CPG play going on here as well, where yeah. because of sustainability, being able to track back to the origination point is and will continue to become more and more poignant in things like coffee and in palm oil and other edible oils. And I think that trend just continues. So... I think that line is going to blur a lot more 
over the next few years. And if the commodity markets do kind of take off, then I think the CTM systems will be left playing catch up to the, to the market requirements. We've seen cloud come into CTRM over the past few years and really become dominant in certain parts of the world. But here in Asia, it hasn't really taken that same foothold. I mean, people like the idea. Some of them like the idea of cloud, but they prefer it to be their own cloud. So they'll source mm -hmm. the hardware, they'll set up everything and keep everything on an internal cloud. I know a few NOCs that we've been doing business with in the past year or two that absolutely refuse to put their data on cloud. It's a security breach for them. And so even where they have the option of not only having a multi-tenant or single-tenant cloud model, they prefer to pull that down and vendors kind of have to cope with that and still offer the software as a service, right? The software as a service pricing model typically was built around being able to deploy the cloud and get economies of scale. I mean, so you do see a software as a service pricing continue, but you also see in Asia, at least, cloud having not as much adaptability as we find in, in Europe and in the Americas. Now, that being said, technology-wise, Blockchain. Let's take blockchain, for example. Here in Singapore, 2020 provided kind of an interesting landscape in which a change in paradigm has definitely occurred. We've seen in Singapore being a, a trading hub, especially to the east, a lot of trade finance organizations, banks and, and others have actually exited the commodity trade finance business. A lot of this is because of the exposure and lost money. Uh, on bad deals and fraudulent activity and some of the kind of black marks that came yeah. out in, in the early 2020 pandemic you know, time cycle. But now that they've left, it's created a bit of a vacuum. Trade finance and getting financing to continue to grow your business is harder. It puts increased pressure on the SME, the small and, and middle uh, enterprise, and an undue pressure, really, because the, you're left with regional banks and local banks to provide that liquidity. And they're not as willing to. And so we've seen quite a few both private and government-backed initiatives here in Singapore to provide blockchain as the potential solution to solve this problem in the future, which I think is really great. Um, because what essentially they're saying is if you participate in a blockchain-based scheme in which these five banks or 10 banks also participate. What you're doing is you're securing the data so no one can see it, but you're exposing the banks to your business essentially. So they have a clear and transparent view of the risk you're taking, the profit profitability, who counterparty and country concentration wise is on either side of your buy sell pair. And basically it's designed to inspire uh, confidence in the trading market and bring lenders to the market to continue to finance these commodity trades. So it's still in early infancy and testing and let's call it POC, but it's a great initiative. The government has backed some of these companies. They're doing very, very well. After speaking with Andre from Ion Commodities and Doug from Principia Consulting, I then spent some time talking with my business partner and colleague, Patrick Reams in Houston. We just put out a Comtech white paper, setting some theme, I guess, at least for the first half of the year on trends that we're seeing in CTRM and commodity management software. And plainly, there are so many things happening 
um, on the scene right now that it's almost confusing to try to pull them all together and figure out what the impacts might be downstream or on software. For example, with the election of Biden and the inauguration of Biden, um, U.S. policy is like 180 degrees uh, different overnight uh, with some very fast action on things like climate, et cetera, which obviously throws a spanner in the works and has implications across the commodity sector, not just oil and gas, but everywhere. Some of it positive and some of it not so positive. Do you think that impacts the, the three trends that we've picked out, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely, Gary. I think if you take the first one, for example, commodity management, it's not just, as you point out, oil and gas that these um, new policies that we'll see out of the Biden administration will impact. It's also trade. If you look, for instance, at the policies towards China uh, and and the, the trade issues that we were having under the Trump administration, those things go directly to being able to move and, and, and manage the logistics of agricultural commodities, for example. So it's, it's very important that companies have that full visibility into their supply chains and understand what optionality is built into those supply chains. And, and that really goes back to our, our first example of the increasing importance of commodity management as a adjunct or even a, a fully integrated capability into what we view as uh, CTRM or commodity trading and risk management capabilities. Agreed. And I think uh, there's a lot more to come, obviously, from the Biden administration over the next weeks and months, which could have some pretty, so far, unforeseen impacts on the sector and therefore the software. And so I've been pushing again a little bit in blogs, etc., the dislocation model that we've used in the past to explain the impact of rapid and sudden change on software vendors and software products. In terms of the cloud, I don't think it's going to have much of an impact on the cloud, but the cloud is definitely something we continue to see. Although if you listen to Doug in the conversation I had with Doug about Singapore and Asia, he still sees a role for on-premise deployment of software. What about North America? How is cloud in North America? Clearly cloud is, is the trend in North America and, and was certainly accelerated and exacerbated by the by the pandemic um, as as companies started to you know having to move to a distributed workforce where everybody's sitting at their dining room tables uh, they started to realize that the, some of the on-premises implementations that they'd had in the past or had at the time of that of the uh, lockdown, were simply inadequate to being able to continue to manage their business. I, I know of one in particular that basically just couldn't get access to their systems for their workers and, and have forced uh, a rede- redeployment essentially of their of their network in order to achieve that. And it, it created huge delays for them in terms of their business. So it was a significant exposure. So yeah, I think I think cloud continues to be the number one technology trend, and it, and it will continue to do that. I, I do think, though, as uh, as Doug points out, there continues to be a market for on-premises. Now, whether that on-premises is, you know, the the legacy monolithic solution or it's a cloud solution running on local servers, uh, you know, a local cloud or private cloud, yeah. uh, there's still going to be the a market for that simply because there's there's all sorts of influences that you know CIOs could point to as as to why they want to maintain full control over that environment. 
uh, and not move it outside their firewall. So it's it's clearly going to continue to be a trend, but there will also be some level of activity for on-premises. And then I think maybe our third trend may have been a little bit of a surprise to some people called nomadic workforce. But I do think that there are a couple of real um, issues there. The first one being, how are we going to educate people? How are we going to develop expertise, not just around software, but about the business that we're in in general, uh, whether you're a commodities trader or a bank or, um, or a software vendor? And the second one, I think, is the work from home uh, security. Uh, I, I think we quoted a survey from Kaspersky in which they had gone out and talked to home-based workforces and asked them a lot of questions. And there were really, some really horrific security issues uh, staring us in the face in that survey. Yeah, I think the, the education one to me is the most interesting. The, 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 the security is it's it's a solvable problem, I, I think, but I think the the intersection of technology and market knowledge is probably you know it, it's always been a difficult problem. I mean, let's face it, uh, mm-hmm. finding good quality consultants with a full understanding of the business uh, the the business practices and and the commercial goals of those companies they're consulting with from a technology. Uh, provider's standpoint, that's always been difficult. You and I have run services organizations in the past, and we know how hard it is to really find somebody that's competent on both sides of that equation. And clearly, as the distributed workforce model begins to gain additional traction over the the next year or two, that's going to become even more difficult because you don't have the the environmental osmosis, if you want to put it that way, of having somebody sitting and just observing the day-to-day practices of, of those companies that they're they're working with. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you pick up in in more of a subtle manner than than a you know formal education. So I, I think that one is is really going to be a a challenge going forward. Yes, I was uh, taking part in an advisory board meeting with commodities people this week. All people on, on, the, on the board are acutely aware that you know, conferences and like that do play a, a role in educating the industry. And it's difficult, given current circumstances, to see how the industry is going to be able to get together to even have that kind of a, a, a training session through conferences in, in person for the next six, nine months. And... Um, we continue to operate on an online basis, which, yeah, it's nice to hook into an online webinar for an hour or, or listen to a, some kind of presentation given by an industry expert, but it's not quite the same, is it? No, it's, it's certainly not. I, I think that the, the in-person experience, the, the on-the-floor experience is, is critical, I, I think, in, in developing a knowledgeable and, and well-rounded uh, consulting resource. If they don't have that, they they can't speak the language. Uh, they don't. They, the semantics of trading, the semantics of doing business in these industries, is as important as understanding the technology that supports them. So I think overall, uh, the three trends that we outlined are really mega trends with a lot of sub trends. So it's it's quite a we, we cover most of the I think most of the issues. And I, I think I do think that right now with the Biden administration coming in and such a massive shift in policy and strategy, when you put COVID and cloud and everything else 
into the mix. We're probably in an era of unprecedented change, the likes of which we've never seen before. The the problem with that change, though, Gary, is also that there's there's going to be a lot of challenges to uh, a lot of what's going on in in with U.S. policy. I, I think Biden is doing a lot of the stuff by uh, executive order, you know, fiat, and and some of those things are going to be challenged. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. going to be a a long drawn out period of uncertainty as as some of these challenges wind their way through court or. Uh, you know, in two years when there's another election, there's liable to be a, a whiplash back to the other side, you know, not necessarily for the presidency, but, uh, you know, the House and, and, and the Senate uh, have a tremendous influence over policy. So it's going to be it's going to a lot of political uncertainty is going to continue, I think, the next year, two, three, four years. I mean, it's just it's the yeah. nature of where we are as a uh, as a as a union now. Well, I was going to ask you if there's anything we'd missed, and I think you just answered the question. <laughs> well, I mean, so, we could we could go on all day here and talk about to your your, your comment earlier about subtrends. I mean, all of these things are, are interwoven. It it is a it is a spider web of influences that create new trends or or change uh, existing trends. Uh, you know, it's it's a patchwork quilt of all sorts of potential issues that could arise over the next four years, five years. So it's it's uh, it's a very interesting place to be, let's put it that way. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people are referring it to as the, the 3D era or the 3D change, decentralization, decarbonization, and digitalization, which is quite clever. But uh, I think we captured all those three in our white paper. And as I said earlier, the report itself is a free download. You can get that from ctrmcenter.com, where you can also get news, views, analysis, reports, research, and much, much more, all for free. This is Gary Vasey, and on behalf of myself and Patrick, I'd like to thank our guests today. I'd like to thank you for listening in. Please do share and please do follow this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Vasey and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.